With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. How can you persuade people and your team more effectively? This is Founder Wisdom, where we'll answer that question by distilling advice from our founders and the books they recommend. Then we'll show you how we are applying that knowledge ourselves. I asked Masterclass founder David Rogier what book I should read if I'm trying to manage people more effectively. He recommended The Man Who Lied to His Laptop by Clifford Noss. So in the book, they describe that persuasiveness essentially boils down to two things, expertise and trustworthiness. Expertise describes whether someone is worth listening to. That is how intelligent and knowledgeable the person is about the subject at hand. Trustworthiness describes whether someone should be listened to. That is whether the person has your best interest at heart. To boil it down a little further, expertise is whether they have the knowledge. Trustworthiness is whether they are using that knowledge to help you. Our editing team lead, Adrian Tapia, expressed some of the ways in which finding founders sets up a framework to be persuasive. First, Adrian addresses how we establish expertise for each team lead. If you're going to have a meeting, like the first meeting, it should just be only run and led by that team lead because it establishes that president or like establishes that authority figure. If you bring someone into the perceived like expertise is going to be that like, oh, since these two people are initially here to help me and explain these things to me, I can go to both of them and not specifically only one sole person. Um, I noticed this like with our first batch of recruitment, when we had that first like orientation with like Premiere Pro, you were a part of it. And so people thought that like, okay, so Sam and Adrian are the people I can go and reach out to about Premiere Pro issues or like concerns. I remember that like one time I was helping out Sasha and she was like, oh, can we just go ahead and reach out to Sam about this too? Um, And it's because like, she thought that you were also in charge and ahead of that entire like production process, editing sequence process. So with this new batch of recruits, I said like, okay, like I'm gonna run this meeting myself to show them that like I am the one person they reach out to. Adrian touches on a conversation that we had within a Finding Founders team leads meeting. The question was essentially, should Sam, me, come to the departmental meetings? These include writing, design, editing, and outreach. And we came to the conclusion that I shouldn't because we wanted to preserve each team lead's expertise. If I entered these meetings, their team might look to me for some of their problems, even if these problems could be handled by the team lead. My presence would dilute the expertise of that team lead. So ultimately, I sat out all departmental meetings. Next, Adrian talks about how we address trustworthiness. I remember like when you first assigned sequences to me, like when we were first like starting off finding vendors, you would, you would assign me certain sequences and a due date and you'd be like, oh, like you can work on like four, like, or can you have like four done by a meeting like in three days? And because you framed it in a way that was like reasonable and also because like I had no idea like what was reasonable like to work on a sequences, because I also had that trustworthiness in you. Like I just assumed that like three sequences to edit by like in like in a day or two was reasonable. And I guess that's something I like a very good point. Like with any assignment that we give, just I guess like say with confidence, And just like people will like feel like it is a reasonable amount of work. There are a couple things in here. 
Generally, people want to fulfill your request. Given a reasonable request, almost all people will comply with that request. The book gives an example of a study where people asked to cut in line for a busy copy machine. There were three requests made. Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I have to make copies? Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? The results of the three questions, respectively, are 60%, 93%, and 94%. Using the word because and giving a reason resulted in significantly more compliance even when the reason wasn't compelling. But even just framing it as a request results in 60% compliance. And Adrian touches on this in terms of assigning tasks. At Finding Founders, we frame our assignments as requests. When people feel they have a choice, they also have ownership over the task. They are choosing to do it. Some of our favorite questions are, what do you have time to do this week? And when do you want to get it done by? Additionally, we are always cautious in that we make sure our requests are reasonable. And thus, trust is built between the team lead and their team. So make sure you are focusing on trustworthiness and expertise and let us know how you are using this piece of founder wisdom. 